0: Welcome back, Chit Chat and Chai family and friends. Hope everyone's doing well. We just had our fundraising event in SoCal. It was amazing and it was a lot of fun. You know, we had a great turnout, friends coming and cheering us on and you know it was just great to for them to
1: see us in person I, what do you think ritu oh it was such a wonderful afternoon yeah it was nice to just have a afternoon of fun good food we had kathan sharma and supriya Shetty both love to sing and they really did such an amazing job with singing some old songs some newer songs people were enjoying it and, and the food was amazing by rangin kitchen yeah it was it was a nice afternoon of course we I missed Mala, who unfortunately got sick and couldn't. Mala! I know. I know. I felt so horrible missing the event.
2: Um, I couldn't believe it. Like, I was still planning on coming, but I just couldn't. But I was watching on Facebook Live, and I just saw how everybody was having a really good time and the music was so good. So, and you girls did great, I must say. Everybody asked, where's
1: Mala? Where where's yeah. the third person? I thought, I thought there were three of you. Where's the yeah. third <laughs> Yeah? But um yeah, no, it was it was really nice to be able to actually tell people the reason why we started, why we raised funds, um, so that we can continue good production um and editing. It was uh it was really nice. We got good feedback that well, you know, I think what we're doing
0: is important.
1: A lot of so. people definitely said that some of the topics that we've um, touched have really meant a lot to them personally and to their families if they're going through something similar. So we're really fortunate that we did the fundraiser so we can continue doing what we're doing and uh, Chit Chat and Chai will continue on for at least another year.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. And then let us know what you want to
1: hear from us
2: so we can give you the topics that mean something to you. Thank
1: you all for whoever could come and those who couldn't come but did support us even the, by just sending us a donation. Thank you so much for that. What else has been going on ladies? How's everything going? Well, I have news to share. So I was in New York for Mother's Day
2: weekend, and um so my son got married that weekend
1: oh congratulations
2: thank you thank you so it was a very special mother's day weekend so it was nice and that's how i got sick on my way back home but we won't focus on that um yeah so it's still mother's day month right May. how was your mother's day weekend
1: it was nice um i'm trying to remember what did we do (laughs) (laughs) it was a casual mother's day just with my daughter she ordered oh yes she ordered thai food because that's one of my favorite foods. So um, we had that We watched a movie I think that's kind of How we spent the day Oh we went to the gym Her and I together Which has become our thing (laughs) That's 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 so nice nice. Let's see um, My mother-in-law's
0: Turning 90 this year So um, you know We try to celebrate As much as we can Whenever we get the chance So we went to the mandir Did a little puja We have got outside food
1: And just relaxed at home Watched a movie And that was about it The one thing I do remember About this Mother's Day Is we watched Norway versus Mrs. Chatterjee on Mother's Day. I had not heard about the movie. Watching it, I realized, you know, my gosh, what sacrifices and what fight this mother had to do to keep her children. And based on a real story, so I don't know if you ladies have seen it, but I did, yeah. I haven't seen
0: it. I'm too nervous to see it. I I know I'm just going to start bawling as soon as I I get very emotional. So I'm kind of nervous to see it. The ending is a good one. It's a it's a happy ending. It's a real story. It feel good, lift me up movie. Rito. Yeah, it's actually a feel good
1: movie. I'll give it a try since both of you've seen it. It really highlights the will of a mother and the nation of a woman to take on the legal system, plus her husband and his family. She's a mother. She wants. Her kids and she'll do anything to get her kids back what a woman can't do yeah what a mother it's
0: a, a mother problem. can't yeah can do oh i do have to share with you guys um it was mother's day so a couple of weeks before that i saw something on instagram by this company called crafty mama i ordered myself a t- sweatshirt that said ma in hindi and then on the sleeves you can write your children's name Oh, that's oh. sweet. That was all oh, they gifted you that? I was like, no, I ordered it for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? And I ordered. ordered we wore it, wore it on Mother's Day. So, no, oh, that's lovely.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's a very pretty one. Let's go on to listen to a mother who has actually faced domestic violence and struggled for several years trying her sons and herself safe in a marriage, Vera Mahajan. I had met Vera um, at a book signing um, about a couple of months
2: ago, and I found her story so compelling and worth sharing because she's overcome so much. So um, listen to her. She's got some books out. She's got documentaries coming out. So I think we should celebrate moms and everything they are able to do for their kids and how strong they are to survive. Hi Vera, how are you? Nice seeing you again. So Vera, um, I was so motivated by what you said when we met at our last event. Tell us a little about yourself and your journey, which I think is fascinating.
3: I do live a pretty good life right now in Malibu. I'm not saying Malibu just because Malibu is a wonderful, beautiful place, but because I had to move here for a reason after a divorce in Michigan. I've always tell people, yes, that we went through abuse with my ex and my kids were abused more physically. I stayed there 14 years longer than I wanted to. He had an affair when my son was four years old and I waited till he was 18 so I can save my children from the custody battle started threatening me that if you leave i will make sure that you never see your children again and uh, i knew with his uh, connections with the money Or With just the mindset, the way he worked, he would make it happen. So once he knew that power of threat was working on me, so I'm staying. So then the abuse just actually got worse. And now he was starting to physically hurt my children and sometimes me. I wouldn't say that every day was horrible. It's uh, when they let you live, you can live a large life. You can live a normal life. And people outside, that's why they can't tell what is behind closed doors because throw huge parties, you dress up and you go to parties, you're traveling, you're running a company. He was the CEO, I was the president of the company and the kids were going to private schools and everything looked wonderful. But the day he didn't want to let you have a say or a life, the day he was upset, he could pull the rug from under you started writing my book at the end of it. And you guys have seen my book. It's called Domestic Abuse is Unreported Crime. And it grows because I kept it hidden most of the time. It grows because the perpetrator abuser thinks they got a permission like even in the divorce he actually once said i thought you would never leave things are happening and you're still there it's like okay i can get away with more i am living a great life but it took a lot of strength on my own because as you know at least in our indian culture nobody really supports you including my own maternal family my brothers my mom my dad nobody supported me and they all still wanted me to live there even if you can deny knowing which you all knew what was going on how can you now when i'm actually telling you how bad it is still ask me to stay the thing is once you do decide and that's what i want to tell women once you do decide to leave an abusive situation the doors just open it's our mindset i had Put it in my mind at when my son was four that I got to stay till he's 18 because I did not want them in a custody battle. As soon as he was 18 and I had decided to leave, the doors just opened. He could not abuse us anymore. He could not have any custody problems anymore. It was up to the kids. Yes, there were financial things which he was not giving me enough anyway. He was getting away with a lot, but he just didn't want me to divorce. So he was trying to find a way to tire me out. I'll give up, right? In the meantime, our culture. Culture just doesn't support my friends would tell me there are half our life is gone everybody's in the same boat and i'm like really half my life is gone you want me to spend the other half like this and i don't want to be in that boat where everybody's being hurt let's go to the other boat where life is not so bad where pe- somebody's not trying to hurt you that's why i'm going out and speaking at colleges i went to oxford university i went to pepper i go to pepperdine a few times i've gone i've uh, talked uh, the ted talk and spoke to a lot of uh, postgraduate students and i'm trying to talk that that's where the change needs to happen because our parents teach us how to be submissive especially girls they try to bring up good girls means they try to bring up submissive girls who will stay quiet but to take abuse to just to keep peace in the house. That's how you keep peace. You know, I remember doing that. He hit all of us. He is the one who hurt everybody. Then he took his bags and left at the beginning of the divorce. Like, this is what you will be doing if I go. This is where you will be asking me to come back. And by that time, I was feeling like I don't need to take it. Like my son was already 18, and I showed it a friend who was a, co- a coach, counselor. And she said, Do you see what's happening? And she made me realize he's throwing your pathetic self in your face that you will be asking me and begging me to come back she said how often do you want to keep doing this and how long do you want to keep doing this and that's what like oh my god he's the one who heard us and i'm calling him back and that's had become my life for the 14 extra years that i stayed i went through always just taking care of everybody you know i was the president of the company so i did work too and i had two kids taking care of them taking care of all the mess that he would create up and his parents my mom till i had no time for myself it's the days when you want to just die, right? When they take the pull the rug from under you, right? You're walking on eggshells because you don't know when that horrible day is going to come, but it's not in your control. It's in someone else's control. So you're living their life. You're not living your life. You're depending on somebody else's mood, how you should live. You live in all kinds of abuse. It's not one kind. A lot of people, they don't even know what abuse is. Like I did not call it abuse till that other counselor told me like, this is abuse. We need Need to teach our girls when they're young that they deserve to be respected. They do not deserve to be abused, deserve to have dreams. We need to encourage them instead of discour- discouraging them. I was modeling when he met me and I was also in college and uh, doing my computer science. In the divorce he would either say can do anything she wants, she's a model, she's an actor, she's a writer, she, uh, she can do a computer business. And and then when he talked about the company, he would say the company is only based on me. She." Was is nothing. And I'm like, make up your mind. Am I nothing or am I smart? There's so many things that I want to tell women. And that's why I keep talking and that's why I write this book to make their journey from abuse to empowerment a little bit easier. I mean, once you know the situation in the home is abusive and bad, whoever the abuser is, they start planning right away. Money was disappearing, things were just going. I did not prepare. And that's the other thing he actually said. It's her fault she didn't prepare. And I was like, what the hell was I supposed to prepare? But because he knew he was preparing. And I was not preparing because I kept still trying to make this marriage work. Even though I was waiting to get out, I still kept hoping that he would get better. Our relationship would get better because you are making this family. A lot of blood, tears, and hard work goes into it marriage is not easy. And I was married for 23 years. So in the end, you know, you get out and uh, then you have to figure out now what to do. I had never really lived a free life. So my original title of the book was learning to live free. And that's a journey. And so for that reason, I interviewed a lot of people. It started with women, some men, were interviewed who were also victims that's how i wrote the book so the interviews were just coming by referrals you should talk to this you should talk to her and after you know 50 plus interviews you think you got the picture the basic story is the same one of the girls i interviewed she would like ask me "Uh, were you ever raped because that was her story which was like everyday thing her husband was raping her and she said she had to literally go get out of her body just to survive and when i told her no that was not the case she couldn't believe it you did not have to do that they are getting physically abused anyone else who's not physically abused they don't even consider it abuse because they think they can handle that right you're not bleeding you're not hurting and uh, emotional and uh, financial when you're not allowed to use anything. Like even for me, as much as money that I could spend, the day he did not want me to spend, I could not spend a hundred dollar, not even on him. Because if the freedom is given to you, mm-hmm. depending on the day, depending on the situation, you're actually now free. So when I moved here three months later, when I one day I woke up and I realized I haven't cried, that's the day I realized, oh my God, this is freedom. And I keep reminding people, we don't or listen to our own words. We say the words and they're all around us. When people say unbearable, you leave when it's unbearable. Why do you wanna wait till that unbearable, like I'm dying. I will literally sit on the ground and say, I can't breathe. So some days I'm actually thankful for that unbearable situation that he caused. Otherwise, maybe I would have still been there. abusers, they keep it just under that unbearable. So you've learned how to bear up to this 95% of the pain. and, And just, I'm so glad that if he was going to do it, that he turned that notch to that unbearable place so that we all had to just leave because now it was unbearable.
2: Vera, how do you survive dad abuses you you grow up this way 23 years of marriage how do you get through the first two three years of life without all this
3: what i'm saying is the conditioning it's the conditioning and you start making giving it small names like oh he's he drinks when he doesn't drink he's fine oh when he's tired oh when something happens kind of getting through those incidents or days of abuse keep looking for the better days i meant
2: like you've now moved to la how do you learn to live what is really a normal life
3: oh my god yeah i was not used to doing anything without somebody approving it so it was literally was my hardest thing because i was very capable i was doing things there but there was always somebody to approve or not approve and here i could do anything but then i did not know should i should i not if you don't take challenges how do you grow so yeah you need some support until you make a new normal where you can start
2: trusting Women who don't have money, yeah, do they may not be educated, true. they may not have ever worked in their lives. Yes. yes. How do they work on getting separate?
0: Like how can they work towards yes, getting paid out? Yes. Is they so fearful of leaving that situation? Because they're, well, what am I going to do with myself? I don't know.
3: Important question and a very, very important answer. My hero that gave me the strength to get out of this was somebody who was not educated. She wasn't pretty. She had no work experience she had a handicapped child but she's the one who left and then that little organization i didn't just say she's not pretty to just put her down but it's like you know that's one of the values that people think somebody will help but this woman who was my hero otherwise maybe i wouldn't have taken that step i'm like if she can do that she went to a shelter, because I was volunteering at this shelter, that's where I realized I was a victim. She started cooking for the people and we raised money to buy her all her cooking utensils that she needed and helped her start like one month rent or whatever. She just took off from there. Like I was telling you earlier, once you decide your own mindset, so many doors open up and you will start thinking, people will start supporting you. The thoughts and the ideas that somebody else was putting down and making you feel bad, those ideas just start working for you. You find the wings, and there is a lot of help. There are shelters out there, there's grants out there, there are so many other groups like Sahara, and there are a lot of American groups that, you know, there's one group that I work with Safe Passage. People help you. They help you also get ready, right, for interviews, they help you with childcare, they help you with some financial, and then you can apply for government grants it's the mindset that keeps you a victim. I work with L-I-V-E. How do you live, right? Love yourself. That is so important. When you love yourself, you don't allow anybody to hurt you. Then you don't care about, he doesn't love me. I love me. That's what shifted my ideas. Like, okay, I'm not going to wait for him to love me. He doesn't love me. So he hurts me. Why am I allowing somebody to hurt me? Do I not love me? So I'm like, I love me. I'm not going to allow somebody to hurt me. And top of that, this woman who had nothing and had a handicapped child, no education, no money. Whenever I saw her, she was happy and smiling. I'm like, this is the shift I want. No matter how much money, a beautiful house, and kids, and parties you had, after that your eyes were sad. It may look like I lived like a queen. Somebody actually told me that when we announced our divorce, they said we can't believe it. You lived like a queen. And I'm like, yeah. When he allowed me, I lived like a queen. She's speaking at a uh, international women's organization, and we're talking about this abuse against women, justice. Police comes, you call domestic violence, and we've gone through that a couple of times. They don't do anything unless somebody's bleeding. You know, they just call you as like a domestic abuse call and everybody's fine. Everybody was just yelling or fighting and then they just go away. You have to have a broken arm, broken foot, face bleeding or something for them to do anything. So we're kind of working on that to hopefully change some laws kind of making this my calling i want to reach out to as many women as possible younger women so they know what a good normal is so they can say no to the bad normal like my angelo she so rightfully says people will treat you the way you allow them to treat you loving yourself is so like the beginning of everything, I is for insisting on freedom. Yes, it could be hard, but if you insist to be free, the amazing feeling that you have that three months after I moved here, I can never forget that. I smiled and I said, like, I'm really free. I've lived in a free world. I was born in a free world, but no, I was never free till I was actually free of
0: that abuse. I saw that on your Instagram post, and that was one of our questions. Tell us about that statement. Like, I knew I was free when I realized I had not cried for three months.
3: So obviously, before that, I had never not cried for three months. That was just a new feeling for me. And those first three months, I didn't know really what I wanted to do here. I just moved here trying to feel out a new place. I came by myself. My son was uh, studying in LA. So I wanted to stay close to him. So I was renting an apartment. Having lived a long time in nice houses, nice, all that. Living in a one bedroom apartment by myself, it was just a huge change, but still nobody yelling at you, putting you down, always saying no to everything you want to do. After that last day, when I told him I wanted to leave, he had hit my son and he was bleeding and he was almost 18. That's when I was like, how is my son going to be a man if he's..." Self-esteem is broken like this every day. The day after, he brought pistons, which is the basketball in uh, Michigan, brought the tickets and we were all supposed to go. I'm like, no, I'm not going with you. You just went through this horrible thing last night and I have been waiting for my son to be 18 to leave you. I'm not going to go to the game. And he was still concerned about wasting the ticket during the divorce when it was just so horrible, he would say, You come back and you can have everything. And like I had everything. I'm leaving all that. You don't understand. It was not about the money. And I would say what will change? Because he would say, Don't divorce. And I'm like, what will change? Oh, we're fine. One time he literally said, I believe I'm a God. And if you believe that, we'll all be happy. You know, that was literally his attitude. Yeah. I was like, we already do 80% of what you tell us to do or what you allow us to do. We're only asking for 20% of our life so we can live. And when I say ours, it's not just me, it's my kids. You know, we did everything exactly the way he wanted us to. But we're like, let us just feel a little bit of our life. 20%. He acted like he only knew what was right. So in that sense, sometimes I feel like he was even worse than my father. When in the beginning, I accepted him and I thought I was happy because he was a good boyfriend. Then he was a good father in the first three, four years. Then it became that bad because my dad, at least he was not killing our thinking
2: what does vera do now
3: two sons one is in new york one's here the older one um, he had a baby girl and then my son here and they are also having a baby this month. <laughs> could be nice a wow so i'll be grandma second time and as i told you earlier i love taking challenges i love physical challenges you know a couple of years ago i jumped out of a plane <laughs> so I did that I've done you know marathons I've done hiking and then I also like taking risks with life like jumping from Michigan and coming here by myself and then you know starting a magazine and then I did two masters when I came here I don't know if you've heard that joke how many Indians uh, does it take to climb a ladder to the top of the roof or some probably 12 or something because six are trying to go up and six are trying to pull them down so it takes a long long time compared to anybody else so here yes the challenge itself Self is hard. Nobody's pulling you down. It's on me. Nobody's making me do anything. And I didn't realize all that till I'm actually free to make my decisions. V is for victory over victim syndrome. If you stay in your head a victim, there will always be a perpetrator. You will find an abuser because even if you get rid of one, the world is full of people who want to tell you what to do and get their way. Even some a lot of women, their kids grow up to be their abusers. Allow anybody to take control of your life. They will take control of your life. And then you're back in the same. I'm going to be free and I'm nobody's victim. So when I divorced, it wasn't just him. I divorced everybody. And I moved here. I divorced my family, my people, friends who were just friends for parties, right? Couple of friends who stayed with me. Mostly everybody was for a party. And then, of course, ease for and living your empowered life. So I live by live, L-I-V-E. If you remember those things, I think you can have a much better life than living somebody else's life.
0: Vera, you are also a producer. I mean, you wrote the book and then now you're producing as well. I've been helping my son produce music. So I actually went to
3: India and I even produced an Indian song for the first time past last year in July. And I also have a screenplay. I've been... Uh, you know, uh, pitching it out on same name, unreported little more stories about my life showed in two different characters. So yeah, that movie hopefully should be filmed later this year or early next year. So working on that. Yeah, I have a lot of theater experience also.
2: Do you want to do it again? Do you want to go
3: back? Yeah, I have a small role for me in the film, Uh, you know, a counselor, a coach. So that's what I want to do to be true to myself.
0: You're really exploring yourself
3: The first time that other than that three months I haven't cried that experience, I was at a some Indian fashion show and a newspaper photographer started following me and taking pictures and we started to talk. And then later I actually got an email from them that they wanted to represent me Asian pageant. And I literally looked around like I don't have to ask anybody. I can just say yes. And I said, Okay, I'll do it. I don't have to ask anybody. And I really enjoyed it and the whole experience. And I was single again and who cares? And and uh, it was just fun, just exploring and just making your own decisions, these little things that tell you I am free. If I lose, then it's still my mistake. Even if you go in a wrong direction, it's your choice and you have a choice to also change directions. Yeah, life's been good. Dream and dream big. And that's what I want to teach the girls and know that you are everything. You're not less than anyone else. So go live out those dreams. Don't give the freedom or power to anyone else. That would be my message.
0: So inspiring. She does so many
1: different things, film production, this, that. Wow. Amazing woman. Her words to like resonate to other women that you're going through a tough time. It will pass and you can come out stronger. So she was amazing. I think the two things that I
2: recall or the, the things that have stuck with me. One is like, no matter how many times people, can, the more people say no, the more you're determined to prove them wrong. And secondly, once you decide to take the steps, you'll be amazed at how many people
0: are there in the world to help you. I agree. You know, right. Not till you step out. But yeah. once you do, it's just amazing. I have to say something regarding that no thing. You know, as many people say, no, the more my husband says no to me, the more strong-willed I get. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's just small things in life. Imagine in big things, right? But even
2: overcome that just makes you, just proves how strong we really are
1: next couple of episodes will be coming out in June. And I think our first one is going to be talking about women and how to handle finances, which I think is really important, especially for those women who may have never had to do it before and then have become a widow or got divorced. All of a sudden find managing money a completely new task that they Yes, Yes, that's going to be amazing. That's going to be a good one. Wishing everyone a very happy Memorial Day until next time. Till we meet again
0: remember life is not short life is unpredictable so always always strive to stay happy
1: and add a little spice to your life and join us again for a little chit chat and chat